You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We've had 24 hours to digest, mostly 24 hours to digest, the fact that the Charlotte Hornets did not make a move at the NBA trade deadline. It all seemed that we were going to make a move for Marcus All. Got a little bit of a surprise a little bit, I guess, past 24 hours that Harrison Barnes was actually being sought after by the Charlotte Hornets. So we got some different news, some different things that were going on that we thought maybe the Hornets were going to be a part of. And it never happened. And we got 24 hours to digest it, maybe think on it, sleep on it a little bit. And have you arrived at anything different, Nada? Or are you still feeling about the same way that you were at peak angry, not at 3 p.m. yesterday? I have... At the risk of Doug somewhere in Italy <laughs> calling me a flip flopper, his his flippity flip senses are absolutely tingling. Yeah, they're, they're they have to be tingling. I am, I'm disappointed. I got caught up in the hype, despite the fact that I was one of those people that saying there wasn't a move to be made for weeks. I got <laughs> caught up in the hype. How far are you flipping this? Uh, it seems like are you doing a 180 right now? Where are you? I, I am offering myself. At the throne of everybody that listens to this podcast, <laughs> Nada, what are you doing right now? What I'm what I'm doing is I am grossly apologize. I got caught up in the hype. I got caught up in the anger. I got caught up in a lot of things, <laughs> and I am completely like I see the plan now. Once once you remove the emotion away from it, <laughs> I see what what Mitch Kupchak was trying to do. I get it. You don't want to risk the future. I may not necessarily agree with it. I may have concerns with it, but I understand the plan at this point. So there's been a lot of heat on Cupcheck for not getting that trade done, and we're, we're pretty hard on him yesterday. I yes. feel like maybe you more than I was. Oh I, no, I'm, I, I was absolutely hard. That's why I'm literally taking the grossly apologizing I am. is the term you used. I think yeah. there was some nuance on the subject. We tried to as much as our podcast is able to hold any kind of level of nuance, but I felt like we did at least describe some of the benefits that did come from that at least understanding the value of holding on to a first round pick yes but also thinking that was worth getting rid of than a weak draft to get a better player to help Kimba Walker and get off some money I still after 24 hours of sitting on it I still would have made that move and I'm not thinking about it like I'm yeah I'm doing the protection or I'm lightening the protection on the first round selection and I'm getting Marcus All, and I'm moving off of Bismack Biombo and or MKG, Cody Zeller, whatever combination that you want to put out there. Not Malik, not Miles, but any of those contracts that Rich Cho signed one of his drafted players to in his tenure here. I was fine to move on from that. And I like Mitch Kupchak. Yes. When everyone was throwing out the Tar Heel takes, oh, he's only the GM mm-hmm. because of the Carolina Blue Mafia, I thought that was the wrong route to take. It had a factor Of course, it has a factor because he went to UNC, so did Michael Jordan. There was a relationship there that was established because of the Carolina Blue Ties, and I get that. But people complain so much about Jordan and the GMs being yes-men to Jordan, like Rich Cho, even Rod Higgins, who was in the front office. People accused him of being a big yes-man. We get that, but Mitch Kupchak, that's not a yes-man. No, that's not a yes-man, and I think that goes contrary to the belief or the history of what the Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Bobcats were. Mike, from what we've seen, from what we know, Jordan at least will give you initially enough rope 
to go and do something. And then when it doesn't work out or the first sign that, hey, you might not know what you're going to be doing, but I still want to keep you on the payroll because I kind of like you. <laughs> like the minute that starts up, that's when you start seeing him start to meddle. That's when because remember, we don't we don't really have an instance of him meddling with the Cho era until what? Maybe the Kemba Walker pick. Maybe. And then right after that, the Frank Kaminsky pick. Well, and Frank Kaminsky, they're. There can't be any doubt that Michael Jordan meddled. We can get into how accurate the four, the Godfather offer was from Boston. We can get into how accurate that was. Certainly, Michael Jordan wanted Frank Kaminsky. Yes. That seems pretty documented. I don't think there's been any refute to that, and that makes sense. I don't think there's anything, any logic to go against it, like you would have some logic to go against the Godfather pick. So Michael Jordan wanted it, and there's no doubt he meddles. Like I Again, we've talked about it. Michael Jordan, I feel like, takes a ton of heat. He's not a great owner. He's not a good owner, probably. But it's somebody that isn't as bad as others, and yet Michael Jordan takes some heat. I mean, USA Today writes an article about how Michael Jordan is the worst owner in sports. Yeah, like, I can't go that far. (laughs) Hello, is James Dolan, has has he sold the team? Yeah, like, there's James Dolan. Dan Gilbert had LeBron, had Jesus, born in Akron, Ohio. Yeah, That's the only way that Cleveland was actually good. And so... You look at Michael Jordan, it's it's not the worst owner in sports. I'm not saying he's good, but he's not the worst owner in sports. And so you look at Mitch Kupchak, a guy that I don't think is a yes man. And even if, like, look, even the North Carolina ties are true. If anybody is going to convince MJ of their beliefs in any move, wouldn't that guy be someone with experience like he had with L.A., mm-hmm. championships, and also a prior relationship? So I'm I'm with Mitch. Where Kupchak deserves the benefit of the doubt is his ability to evaluate talent. I'm a believer in that. So at the end of the day, he holds on to the first round pick where he'll actually be picking earlier than usual. And we've seen a few lottery picks. Usually it was late in the first round. We've seen a million second round selections because of his heyday with the Los Angeles Lakers franchise. But we've seen a few lottery picks. We saw it in Bynum, which was a hit. We saw it with Randall, which is looking fine right now, but... Not maybe seventh overall worthy, maybe seventh overall Probably. worthy. Probably. Whatever. You know, D'Angelo Russell is starting to come to fruition here, and you certainly would have taken mm-hmm. Russell over Jaleel Okafor. Nobody was talking about Porzingis at number two at that time. And Brandon Ingram, I think, was his last pick. And I'm a believer in Ingram. I know you're out on Ingram. I'm in on Ingram. I think that there's going to be a future for him, even one where there's a couple of all-star appearances. Not superstar, but I believe that that ceiling is there and can still be attained. I think, I, I think with... Ingram, there is a situation where it's similar to Russell. You got to put him in a solid situation with solid coaching. And I don't think he's had that quite yet. And I think that part matters when we start discussing things like this. So we both believe in cup check and we both agree that a trade probably should have happened yesterday. So the one thing I will say is we did get comments Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to the comments on the other side of the break. As as much as we like Kupchak enough, as much as I don't think that we should evaluate everything that he's done based off of half of a season right after the trade deadline, I do think that it's safe to say it was an unsuccessful introductory press conference, and I don't think it was a particularly good conference call yesterday. The, the conference call yesterday, and we'll get into this later, was not good. Yeah. After the break, we'll head and discuss the comments that Mitch Kupchak made to all Charlotte media on that conference call. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be supporting the content that you depend on. 
Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more of Mitch Kupchak's comments here on LOH, Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want them to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Locked On Hornets is presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, it's every day, and it's the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can check us all out on Twitter. I'm at Walker Mail, Nada, at Nada the Scribe, and Doug, at Doug Branson, LOH. Find our show handle on most social media platforms, at Locked On Hornets. So some comments that Mitch Kupchak came with yesterday after the deadline. I found it was kind of funny that they didn't even make a move and there was still the media addressing Mitch Kupchak because we were all so ready for a move to be made. The Charlotte Hornets and Mitch Kupchak felt like maybe they needed to address it. Yeah. And so here we have some of the comments. We'll start off first comment. Um, just going along with some of the, the transcription that was sent to us quote, we were working on a lot of deals. We focused on two or three as of late. I thought we were making progress. I don't know if we ever got close to a deal or not and not. I don't buy that. Yeah. Brian Windhorst reported that Marcus Hall and Mike Conley were both involved in the trade process, and he referenced how rare that was to have both of those players, even if they were showing the love because they had been there for the grit and grind era. And it's an awesome era of basketball. It is. A lot of fun. So they allowed them to be a part of this process. And Windhorst mentioned that it was pretty rare to see that, but nevertheless, they were both involved. And Rick Bennell reported that Marcus Gasol thought he was on his way to Charlotte. Reached out to a Memphis source, and and Gasol thought, "Hey, Hornets, here I come. Looks like that's going to be the plan." So, if all of these reporters thought you were close to a deal, and Gasol was learning it firsthand from Memphis, not just going on Twitter and looking and saying, "Oh, here are the rumors. I guess I'm off to Charlotte." He was learning it from Memphis firsthand. Then I'm going to say that the probability of you being close to a deal was pretty high. I, I would agree with that, and I would go as far as saying. Because I was reading, um, I think Chris Littman actually put me, hit me to this uh, digital guy for NASCAR. But he hit me with this uh, article from Chris Harrington, of all people, who said that the initial deal was Cody, MKG, or Marvin, a first and two seconds. That was the initial deal. And then they changed it last minute to something like Biz and MKG. So that And means- still first and two seconds? Is that... No picks. Oh, so no picks at all. Yeah. Like, and, and that, right. Okay. At some, so. Because the first one seems, you know, that that seems like that blows the Toronto Raptor out of the water. Two that, picks in a first yeah. round. So I'm glad Mitch Kupchak did kind of back off of that because remember, second round picks hold some value here. Just yeah. ask the Milwaukee Bucks in their exchange for Nico Miritich. But still, like, I. I'm with you. I mean, we saw that happen and we it seemed like there were a, a deal, at least it was close. And. I'm just not buying that Mitch Kupchak said, I don't know if there ever really was one that was close because I'm sure he doesn't want any reputation of not being able to close the deal. So I'm just not completely buying it. I'm sure he doesn't want that reputation around. Now, I'm not sure he wants that reputation, but at the same time, a 
a lot of these quotes, as you keep going down, down the line of these, these quotes, like if you're, and we love the PR staff over at the Hornets. Love them. But at some point, I would have cut that conference call off if we're really honest about that. I don't think it was that bad, but. No, I, I, no, I think it was bad. <laughs> I think it was bad. I do think it was bad. Pull the I, plug. Yeah, no, you Mitch pull Kupchak, the plug. Get off yeah. the damn phone right now. Like literally the phone, again, something happened with the lines. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm the type of person that would have come off with that. I would have given a statement. I would like, if you're going to make these kind of comments and we'll keep going down the list of these, I'm not sure I continue having this kind of press conference. They were that bad. When Kupchak was asked about chasing a playoff spot, he replied, quote, if you're not playing for something, it's difficult, end quote, particularly with a veteran group, which he does consider the Charlotte Hornets roster. And I just the vagueness of it. You go on to read some more Mitch Kupchak when he was asked about the buyout market as well, which is interesting. We'll look at each case individually. Biggest question asking internally, if we bring this player on board, how much would he play and what would he take away from our younger players? And something that has been a theme of the season has been not taking away minutes from some of the younger players and yet still balancing, trying to go all out and win every single game possible. At some points, You've had to sacrifice Malik Monk minutes. Yes. You know, there was some times, real growing pains, even in a sophomore year, where they decided, we can't play you. You are unplayable on defense at the moment, and we are going to go with other options right now. Devontae Graham was instituted in the lineup for a little bit, and that's the decision that they decided to make because Malik Monk wasn't getting the job done. Miles Bridges, maybe a little bit. For the most part, he stayed in the rotation. Yeah, but his minutes were dr- dramatically cut there was at a stretch. decent points yeah. in this season. And I get where this is going. I get where you're trying to appease both masters at the same time though if chasing a playoff spot is the priority you needed another veteran you needed another really good veteran someone that could do something and become your one of your top three players because Kemba needed help which is I think the theme of this is if this is going to be your idea of we're going to help Kemba or we're not going to help Kemba and you know what Whatever happens between now and July 1st is what happens. That's a little too laissez-faire for me. I'm sorry. What about when Kupchak said and acknowledged he was right in this? I'm just interested in the comment. He said, acknowledging we only have a lot of good players. We don't have any other great players on the roster. And I don't think anybody would ever disagree with that. But And maybe the good part, but you certainly know that they don't have many great players, yet they still don't get after Marcus All. And I just wonder not about the psyche. Like yeah. we, We've always praised the locker room for being a good one. We can all go back to the Miami Heat series. That year, how much did we talk about that playoff year or the locker room was extremely good. Everybody had such a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And yet, I wonder just every once in a while, with these comments, I wonder if the story gets old for some of these players about Kemba Walker has no help. And then Mitch Kupchak comes in and says, you know, we're a bunch of good players, but nobody's great. And Steve Clifford all the time, when he was the coach, he would always say, you know, we can't make these types of mistakes. We don't have the talent. James Borrego echoed the same thing. And you you wonder, right? I'm not, These yeah. are veterans. You appreciate the candor of it. Yeah. But at the same time... That could wear thin. That could wear thin to where I don't want to play for these guys if they don't believe in me <laughs> like that. Like, at, And it would make sense considering... Some of the some players' attitudes in this locker room. 
if you constantly get told, basically, you ain't shit. <laughs> like, mean, like I, you're good, but you're not going to take us over the top. And I, I just wonder about the psyche. I don't think that they're going to break down. I don't think Kimba Walker is going to be sitting three spaces to the left on the bench like LeBron James did with the Lakers. But if there's anyone that's justified to do it... <laughs> I mean, Kimba can be justified at times. He also mentioned that Jeremy Lamb has taken a step up to be the second best option for the Charlotte Hornets team, which again is true. I mean, he has been the second scoring option. It's just if you are going all out, if a playoff victory is your main priority, right? You, that's what you said. We're going yeah. off of what Mitch said. Then you would think taking in a short-term goal of making the playoffs, like bringing in a Marcus All and also getting off some money, you'd think that would be the move that Mitch Kupchak needed to make, even if it meant moving off of a protected first-round selection. You would think so, but I think the other thing that we need to worry about, or not worry about, but watch out for, I think Mitch wants to remake this roster in his own image. And I think this is where, if you're a guy like Kemba Walker, you do have to ask yourself when time comes, do you want to stay here? Because there's going to be some dramatic, dramatic roster remaking with or without you. And it's needed because there is a serious lack of talent. I don't, I do agree with cup check in that regard where there are got, there are a lot of guys on here that are either overpaid or they just have not reached where they should be. MKG amongst them. Frank Kaminsky, who's probably gone, but another one. There are a lot of guys that have not reached where they should be, and Kemba's the only one at this point. So at what point does Mitch have a point in saying, you know what, look, this ain't good enough, this ain't it. We need to st- do something else. And it's it's funny to see the shift in opinion of it seems like Kemba Walker is going to stay. Everybody wants him to stay. And now that they don't make a move at the deadline, now it seems like everybody's saying, why would he stay? And there's a lot of good reasoning to ask that question. Why would Kemba Walker stay with the Charlotte Hornets? I, I think the pros that you have with Kemba, one, just loving the city of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I think we can believe him in that. I don't know why he would lie. I mean, maybe just to appease the fans. I, I guess I get a point to lie. But I believe him, I guess, is my yeah. point. I believe that he likes the city of Charlotte. Also, you would get more money here. So the Charlotte Hornets could offer more money. That would be another pro to staying here. But what are what's the other one? I, I think the only other one that you could possibly cook up is I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying what you should believe. But what if Kimba does believe in Mitch Kupchak making this roster better? I'm not saying that maybe it didn't change from the trade deadline. Maybe Kimba thinks that, oh, well, he really tried and he didn't want to get rid of a first round pick. Maybe Kimba is savvy enough to think, okay, I understand some of that. Also in the offseason, you know, as you've said, Nada, the contracts get more tradable because you have less of the years. And on you them. still have the draft, which is a good way to put your best foot forward going into free agency. So I'm not going to hate on Kimba if he does think that. Again, I think that Mitch Kupchak is capable of making this a better roster, but it would be a lot easier to believe if there was a Gasol on here for a year and a half, as well as maybe a Harrison Barnes, but even just a Gasol here for a year and a half, it's better to have a star on the roster rather than promising that a star will eventually be on the roster. I agree, and it's a great building block to have, but it's better if you have him under contract. And for right now, he's not under contract. He can decide at any given point, yo, this ain't it for me. I want to win. I'm tired of having to carry five, six, seven, eight other guys and not get any help and lose to middling teams 
as they've done continuously over the last three years. All right, we're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Everybody's favorite Hornet could be out the door. We'll talk about it next year on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. The one draft pick you hit on was Kimba Walker, and you, you drafted Bismack Biamba before him. Oh! You got it right the second time, which is great. I am too smart. But you drafted Biombo before Kimba Walker. So, (laughs) again, you almost messed that one up as well. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Some house cleaning I probably should have addressed at the top of the show. We did kind of go about our podcast yesterday as if Frank Kaminsky had actually been officially bought out by the Charlotte Hornets, so that's my apologies. He has not been bought out yet. There's only rumblings about it. So Yeah, the, the, the one thing Mitch was kind of hinting at was that Frank will probably not be a part of this roster going forward. So what Mitch Kupchak did say about Frank Kaminsky, he said that, quote, when asked if Frank Kaminsky wants a buyout, he said, he wants to play, he's under contract, short of that, no decisions have been made addressing that situation. And so you, you think that's probably a yes. Mitch Kupchak has a fantastic ability to be extremely vague, but it seems like Frank Kaminsky's No, Frank's gone. Like, Frank's gone. There were enough people. Devin, reported it. Rod Boone reported it as well. That's what that giant wow tweet was, <laughs> which, if we're honest, Frank should be taking a really hard look at himself right now. Because of the fact that no one wanted to deal one of those highly protected second round picks for him. That's why it was always so weird when we played that Woj soundbite from his Woj pod. Yeah, God, that was a few months ago. And he couldn't get in the rotation. Now, this is the second coach where he's fallen out of favor. And even he got some minutes under Steve Clifford. But you can go back to that media day that the Charlotte Hornets had at the beginning of the season. Frank Kaminsky was extremely candid in some of the displeasures that he had about Steve Clifford's philosophy. Exactly, and that's what bugs me the most about this. Like, that guy gave you minutes. Borrego's not giving you minutes anymore, and you had a rude awakening of what you expected to do this season. Exactly, and then you buried the previous regime, thinking everything was going to be better, (laughs) had people on Twitter telling everyone that you were going to be this new and improved person now that the big boogeyman of Steve Clifford is gone, and what did you do? A whole lot of DNPCDs. That's all you got. A ton. It was amazing for that stretch before, I mean, God, it was just a week ago that we saw Frank Kaminsky actually get some run in some serious garbage time, but it didn't matter what kind of garbage time was happening. Frank was still not getting any run in those situations, which maybe you didn't want to injure him because that was the only value that he had was being a healthy body that could sometimes get hot from three-point land. So if he was injured, then my God, nobody would find any value. So I could see them not playing him, but still... Just to have a preservation of a body on the bench, that goes to show you where Frank's value is right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's nil. And again, you, Frank, if anyone's a friend of Frank that happens to be listening to this, take a look at yourself, buddy. Like <laughs> Seriously, if you want to stay in basketball, cool. 
If you want to go and do your podcast and everything else like that, that's cool too. Just don't try and delude yourself into both thinking you can do both. Right and, now. and as we discuss him not having value, I do think he's going to be in the NBA for a while. Like people, are, uh, I think people are going to take enough of a chance on him where it's a seven foot big man, especially low deals. Like they're not going to, it's not going to be awful money that it's on the books. I bet he bounces around a decent amount, but you're right. It's not enough for anybody to actually want to give up assets for. Yeah, that and the, I, I guess guess the thing that comes back to me is I think there's a reason like Billy Hernan Gomez hadn't played well at all for a long, long stretch. And the thought there was never a thought of playing a guy like Frank Kamensky. And the fact that that was never even brought up again after December kind of speaks volumes about where he was in terms of the doghouse. Like Malik Monk stayed in Clifford's doghouse, and I'm pretty sure that Frank's doghouse, few levels below. Amidst all of the craziness that happened on NBA trade deadline day, I completely forgot that the All-Star Draft was going to be televised last night. Did you enjoy it? Did you get to watch it at all? I did not get to watch it at all because we were both recording something. Oh, that's right. Well, I got to watch. I watched it. You but watched then, it? So you probably you had a longer drive. Yeah, I had a longer to, drive, so I didn't, I didn't go home. So, but I did get to watch some of the stream and then Amin El Hassan with the best line <laughs> ever, the all tamper team with LeBron's team. So LeBron James drafts his all-star team and he gets guys like Anthony Davis is selected. Mm-hmm. And I want to pull up exactly who he drafted real quickly because it's all guys that are either on player options or their deal is going to end or in Anthony Davis's case has a trade request. So guys that he drafted, he drafted Anthony Davis late, which was I was surprised about, but he drafts also Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. He gets Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he trades for Ben Simmons. Giannis originally drafted Ben Simmons, and then LeBron James made the joke of, I know Russell and Embiid get along so well. How about you let those guys team up? I'll trade you Russell Westbrook. You give me back Ben Simmons. I didn't realize those guys were boys. Giannis said, I know Ben Simmons is your boy, so I'll go ahead and do the trade. But there's just another guy. Yeah, because Ben Simmons is under clutch sports, which, again, we can start the clutch sports conspiracy, but I'd rather not. (laughs) The bigger thing for me, though, was that I think LeBron did the entire All-Star game a favor because – they would have had to – there would have been a flagrant foul in an all-star game. I would have been here for it. <laughs> I'd have been here for the content. I'd have been here for the jokes. I'm just glad that they prevented that before anything else could happen. And so with the fifth pick, I, I actually, LeBron, he did select Anthony Davis with his first pick in the second round, which is just hilarious and flat-out obvious. He also drafted Klay Thompson, Damian Lillard. He drafted uh, LaMarcus Aldridge as well, Carl Anthony Towns, and Washington's Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal was selected last, but you could have some maybe some trade bait there. I mean, you, you wonder if there's any kind of deal that you could there make is with no Bradley rule. Beal. There is no rule against trading guys mid-All-Star game. We may see <laughs> some shenanigans this year, folks. I am totally here for it right now. The other thing is Bradley Beal also set, requested to be taken last. He had gone a couple like a week ago, had requested – yeah, pick me last. It's okay. Because I was last year, I feel like we made a huge deal about who was being picked last. And this year, I have not seen anybody clown Bradley Beal. I really think last year we clowned, was it? It was either Al Horford, like, wasn't it Al Horford or LaMarcus or, or Aldridge? Or LaMarcus Aldridge, I believe. I, those were the two guys I think that were in the mix. I don't know if we ever got 
real confirmation. Maybe it was Aldridge, but I remember us thinking, I feel like those guys took more heat because it was kind of real. Like those yeah. guys obviously are the worst players. I feel like Bradley Beal has more respect than those guys. Bradley right Beal now. will fight you. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley <laughs> Beal will fight you. And He's so, from St. Louis. He's got a football player's background. He will fight you. And that's, he hadn't got any heat. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anybody seen him clowning Bradley Beal because he got picked last. Like last year, a couple candidates. Were. Besides, he plays for Washington. We all feel sorry for him anyway. Yeah, we feel so sorry for that Washington Wizards team. Also, joke of the night, Charles Barkley, just phenomenal. Joking <laughs> after they were talking about the trade and whether it would go through between Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons, he asked LeBron James if he wanted to trade Anthony Davis for all of Giannis's reserves, if that would be enough to get the job done. Wow. And everybody laughed. Like, that is a that's a, wow. an amazing moment from Charles Barkley. Wow. That's a great joke. And LeBron, he puts his head back and he starts laughing. And you just wonder how he really felt about that Charles Barkley joke because everybody else loved it. Yeah, yeah. trade all the reserves just to get Anthony Davis because that's exactly what we've been looking at um, this entire, I guess, couple of weeks or so. Exactly. Anthony the did. drama is now over. Let's go. Let's enjoy <laughs> the ride of the rest of the season, I guess. Next week's going to be fun. We'll talk a lot about it next week um, on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Check us out uh, next Tuesday on the Charlotte podcast. Myself and Nada, we appeared with John and Miller on the Charlotte podcast. We discussed the All-Star festivities all happening next week, and we draft our best all-time celebrity All-Stars, which was a lot of fun. I am completely confident in my team taking home the gold. I guess you guys can decide, but go check that podcast out. It was a lot of fun, and that will be dropping again. Charlotte Podcast, that'll be dropping next Tuesday. We appreciate you guys for joining our podcast and listening to LOH on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, either Stitcher, Overcast. It's wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you next week, and have a good weekend. See you guys.